if you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why you should go to MyBookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So do the smart thing. If you're gonna bet football this season, bet with MyBookie, add that to your portfolio. Did you know you can bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet's gonna lose or maybe there's an injury or you spot some sort of trend that can give you an edge, you can just take action on the other side or even double down on that initial bet. If you're the kind of person that likes to bet a little but win a lot, you can try parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how much you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate that offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. So visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Welcome into a new week here at the B-Ball Index Podcast, where we talk about pretty much everything you would want to hear about the NBA, um, and with a more nuanced, specific conversations about impact stats, grades, everything in between that we've got going on over here. Today, I'm joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Grant to Speak Basketball and Jacob Goldstein. Guys, how are we doing today? Tony, no time. Let's, let's, let's no math. Time? This, no this time? No so time. That's been how Tim is doing. Tim is stressed and busy. I will answer for him since he just said no time. That is very to my true. Qu- to my question. Uh, so summer's chugging along. Basketball's coming up. And to prep, we have a new freaking sweet tool uh, to talk about where we have blended in some grades with some roles to create percentiles of offense and defense. And that is about as high level as I'm willing to talk about. So, Tim, go. Uh, so we have our grades. We've been talking about our grades, publishing our grades. People have seen our grades. It's something that we've stayed away from is coming up with overall offensive or defensive grades. We try to do that, did it in the background, didn't really publish those because it's just so difficult figuring out, all right, you know, for point guards, shooting guards, small forwards, so on, what matters most to different positions. And that came down to us just trying to guess and come up with our own weightings. And the only thing we really used those for was the optimization ratings. Um, We found a way to do that in a more precise fashion. And basically what we've done is we've taken our talent grades and we've looked at a player's height and weight and offensive and defensive optimization ratings and plugged all of that into some machine learning. Um, a random forest model, and we're able to calculate just how valuable each of those variables are to players depending on their role. Um, We look at offensive roles, so like glue guys or primary creators or movement wings, and then we also looked at it through the lens of advanced positions, so that's guards, wings, and bigs. From all of that, we were able to take those weightings, run it through, come up with the new, brand new, brand spanking new, overall offensive and defensive ratings for players kind of in like a 2k or Madden sense where you go in and based on everybody's, I don't know, they have, they have a lot more different categories than we do, but you can, you can look at what the player's overall rating would be based on their talent and then also taking into account their, their role. So then building from that, we are building in so you can change that role and you can say, Hey, 
what if instead of Paul George being a primary creator, he is a movement wing and it will recalculate and spit out, okay, he, instead of being like a, I don't know, a 98 overall is now a 99 overall or something like that. Um, For some players, this can make a pretty big difference. And it's a really cool insight for us to see which players are optimized best for their skill sets. And for the ones who aren't, what roles should they be looking to pursue? And this, this has interesting implications from a free agency standpoint. Um, it's, it's pretty cool for us to see how guys are being used versus how we think they should be used. And it's, it's just very intuitive. So I'm, I'm very excited. I can talk forever about it, but Jake, Jacob can probably explain the math a little bit better. Yeah, so I just want to, at a high level, dig into the math. Um, obviously, machine learning is quite a buzzword uh, when it comes to modeling and, and just data in general. Um, we, we briefly touched on last week what, you know, like a random forest model, what that actually means. But essentially, a random forest model builds a bunch of trees. A tree is a decision tree. You either do something or you don't. And what the model does is it, optimally picks what these decision split points are depending on the data you feed into it to best predict some output in this case we were using as tim mentioned we're using the talent grades and some basic information about the player such as offensive role uh height weight advanced position uh and feeding all that into a random forest model in order to optimally calculate uh the relative influence of each component on the final output. In this case, we are trying to predict PIPM, offensive and defensive PIPM, um, which would be able to uh, uh, give us like an overall offense and defense percentile based off the grades um, and, and actual player usage. And one of your cats is very excited about it. Just, <laughs> just the one cat. I got a cat a week ago. Is the cat a segue to the top player on offense? Is the cat's name Pop? The cat's name is Toulouse, but very close to Pop. (laughs) So it's pretty cool to just mess with, like, changing players to something hilarious. Like in Madden, I think I had Madden 05, and I would make Orlando Pace like a quarterback, right? And his overall would drop – he was one of the best linemen ever, and his overall would drop substantially. Mm -hmm. And it's fun to do the same thing in this – and have the same effect, which A, proves that it works, and B, you know, shows that guys are or not, in some cases, in the right role. Yeah, so an example of that, we take Rudy Gobert. This past year, he was a big, obviously. Um, specifically, his offensive role was a roll-and-cut big. Um, so he was in the 89th percentile overall offensively based off being a roll and cut big um and if we change him to let's go crazy let's make him a tall creator which uh who someone the one of you two know an example of a tall creator off the top of your head yeah lebron james kevin durant blake griffin so if we uh took rudy gobert and had him play in a style that's entirely different than what he's good at you would expect him to be worse and so the system then, if you make him a tall creator, puts him in the 40th percentile offensively. So that's a nearly 50 percentile drop based off his skill set if he was put into a role that he is not suited for. 
that's a great smell test. The system works. <laughs> Players who are good at certain things, if they're put in the right role, will be good offensively. If they're put into the wrong role, will be really bad. Yep, and it goes the other way too. Uh, you took a big and tried to make him more of a ball handler. If you take somebody like Lou Williams, who in his role is in the 90th, in the 90s for his percentile, if you try to make him like a versatile big, he drops to like the 30s or something like that. Mm-hmm. For reference, uh, 40 percentile guys are uh, like Jerry and Grant and Corey Joseph and Malik Monk. Uh, so not exactly the uh, offensive players you're looking for out of Rudy Gobert and Lou Williams. Exactly. And that's, I, I think, it goes to show that the way the model output of the numbers, the way we're combining it, it works. It's, this is intelligently coming up with overall offense and overall defense grades based off how a player is utilized, what position they play, what role they play. And I think that just makes it an incredibly valuable tool for evaluating what skill sets are beneficial to some things and, and what skill sets really don't matter so much. And, and when we talk about that, what matters and what doesn't matter, like we've spoken about, it's different for each role. But overall, I think through this exercise, we've been able to ascertain big picture which skill sets are most valuable, at least among the ones that we take a look at. I think we have 11 talent grades. And of those, I'd say clearly overall perimeter shooting is probably the most important. Mm-hmm. Not for every position, certainly not for like a roll and cut big, but at the macro level, I'd say that ranks out first in terms of being most important to a basketball player. And then second would probably be playmaking, which rates out very highly, actually higher than I would have guessed it would um, for just about everybody except for some of the bigs. And then your spot up and tall spot up wings, which makes plenty of sense. Um, But for anybody who wasn't one of those positions, which leaves us with all of our other wings and our ball handlers, it's, it's quite important. So if you can shoot and you can pass, you're going to be an effective offensive player in the NBA for the most part. Um, When we go to the other side of things and think about what isn't as useful, roll gravity, which is very important for our roll and cut bigs. It's actually the most important skill. And for pick and pop bigs, it's also quite important for every other offensive role. It's, it's probably last or or second to last among Mm -hmm. the different things along with offensive rebounding, which is important for bigs and is for some of the wings, but for other wings and for the, the ball handlers is one of the least important skill sets as well. So we may have, we may be presenting with, with the graphics that we show, all right, here are the 11 different talent grades, but they're not all created equal and they're not all as important um, to different players based on how you're using them. So that's interesting to learn about at a big picture what matters and what doesn't matter as much guys are terrible at taking care of their health whether it's a knee injury bad back or something worse guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor the same is true for erectile dysfunction studies show that 70 percent of guys who experience ed don't get treated for it thankfully roman has created an easy way to chat with a doctor online With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. And getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, 
They can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. Yeah, absolutely. So I think now is a good chance for, we, we have all uh, come up with a few players who we think next year will be in different roles, and we are just interested in seeing how they would rate depending on what role we put them into for the next season. So I think we all have a few players along those lines in mind. I, I don't know if either of you have a player you uh, especially want to start with, but. Uh, Tim has the most guys. Maybe you Tim does have the most guys. I, I have three guys. Okay. Uh, so an interesting one to me, and I'll start by looking back a little bit, not, not projecting forward, but looking back, Jamal Murray, two seasons ago, was a 90th percentile offensive player as a secondary creator. This past season, his role shifted from secondary creator to a movement wing, and that rose his percentile offensively from 90th to 95th, which isn't, I mean, 5% isn't, isn't gigantic, but that's pretty much the difference between like a top 60 and a top 30 player. Um, and, and so from 90 to 95, this season, if with his exact same skill set, if we were to move him back to a secondary creator, he would have dropped from a 95th percentile to 89th percentile. So pretty much exactly on par with what he was two seasons ago. So that just gives, gives us an example of somebody shifting roles. In a general sense, it's not that they're less involved, but the way they're involved is a little bit different. It matches his skill set well. He was more effective, more impactful, and especially in that offense and the way that they use. Right. I, I was gonna, I think some of that's like his fit with Jokic. You know, like he's perfect better utilized like that. He's somebody that if you get rid of Mike Malone and you get rid of Nikola Jokic, I think Jamal Murray ends up being a probably a primary creator or secondary creator, and that's going to be worse for him from an impact standpoint. So in that sense, he's used quite well. And this data reflects that. I like that choice. That's a good one. It's fun to see him grow because he was kind of a primary creator when they had the, the Nurkic-Jokic thing going on there, and that did not work out at all. And now he's really blossomed. The team has blossomed. Him and Jokic run quite the two-man game. And look at that, 95th percentile offensive guy. Uh, Jacob, you already did go bare. Do you have anyone else? I do have someone else. One person I've been thinking of looking forward is Pascal Siakam. This past year obviously he blossomed under the the Toronto Raptors and playing as kind of the secondary or tertiary star next to Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard but this upcoming season he's gonna step into a more major role not sure exactly how much responsibility he's gonna take on if he'll become a a primary creator really handling the ball I'd, I'd bet Kyle Lowry still does most of that and he's much more a secondary creator playing off of him, running secondary actions, um, things along those lines. So this past season, he was a glue guy, which makes sense because of his incredibly versatile skill set. And he was in the 92nd percentile overall offensively. Similarly with Jamal Murray, if we take him 
and we make him a secondary creator, which is more likely the role he's going to be in in this upcoming season. Uh, something that's a little bit more uh, pick-and-roll oriented, a little bit more ball-dominant. He is in the 95th percentile. So uh, it's it's similar to Jamal Murray, but you might see a bit of a sp- slight increase from him just by being better optimized with uh, a role that really fits his full skill set perfectly. And I mean, I, we could see it in the playoffs this past season when Siakam really was uh, going on a tear. When they were playing through him and he was playing really well, he, he looked like uh, one of the top players in the league, a top or, or at least an all-star. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see if he can keep up that momentum in a more featured role this upcoming season. And the data suggests he's, he's going to do really well in that. Yeah, he's got to be an MIP frontrunner, both anecdotally and given that information. Mm-hmm. I like that one a lot. I, I'm excited to watch him uh, with more of a leadership role in an offense. Uh, the guy I thought of right away in an ever-changing Lakers team was Kyle Kuzma, the only young guy in their entire roster who did not get moved in some big grandiose trade this summer. Uh, last year, Kuzma was a glue guy, uh, and he was the 74th. 74.7, 75th percentile as a glue guy. Um, I can imagine a scenario where the Lakers, because of LeBron James needing the ball, of course, Anthony Davis also need the ball a lot as one of uh, the top offensive players in the league. I feel like not that Kuzma can't be a secondary creator in some variety, which he's actually pretty solid at that. If he was m- mostly used in that role, he'd be 79th percentile offensive player. But uh, I feel like you'll see a lot more of him spotting up this year as a spot up wing. Kuzma would be in the 66th percentile offensively, which is an 8% drop for him. Uh, nice. And like Sim said, that's like 30 or 40 players. Like, that's a pretty big deal for a guy like Kuzma. There are countless ways to keep up on what's happening in the world of sports. But how are you supposed to read every great article? How are you supposed to watch every awesome highlight without losing time in your busy day? Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is just impossible. Now coming to the stage is Axio Sports. Axio Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. Each morning, you'll see the best stories from around sports, from the NBA to the NFL, even niche sports like cricket and ping pong. The email newsletter highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. And it's super simple to sign up. Just go to sports.axios.com. Axios Sports is clean, crisp, and gives you everything you need to know. Read it in five minutes in the elevator or discover a deep dive article while you're on the train to work. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the coolest person sharing an amazing link with your friends and coworkers. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is a free curated sports content platform delivered directly to you. So do yourself a favor and sign up. Sign up to Axios Sports newsletter for free at sports.axios.com. Seriously, it'll help you feel more informed without spending all that time clicking through websites, apps, and social media platforms. Again, try for free at sports.axios.com. Back to me. Yeah. yeah, you got the All list. Right, so I, I'm going to pick on another Laker player. Oh, a current Trent, Laker or a former Laker? A current Laker. We're going to go with Danny Green, who this past season as a spot-up wing was in the 79th percentile. That's very, very good. That's a useful player. 
we've spoken before about how green has had an impact, but doesn't quite have the full skill set and just how poor he can be with specific things such as dribbling or, or, or to a certain extent passing. Yes. One limitation of his that I've tried to look more into is he's a very, very good shooter. One of the best, but most of it is stationary or maybe just kind of lifting from the corner to the wing or fading from the wing to the corner. He's not somebody who is a high volume, great footwork, run off of screens kind of guy. If we moved him from a spot up wing position to a movement wing, which, which is really the big difference there. It's, it's no longer catching and shooting, taking what you can get. It's more of you're trying to create the gravity. You're trying to create looks by running them off of pin downs or flare screens or elevator screens or whatever. He would drop from the 79th percentile to the 72nd percentile. Now, if the Lakers decide to use him as a movement wing, we would anticipate we'd see a drop from him there. Now, when you add in the optimization component, and you, you take him out of Toronto's offense and you put him with Frank Vogel's career average offensive optimization rating, that drops him from the 72nd percentile as a movement wing down to the 63rd percentile. So that's looking right. even worse. So, so, so you, you potentially are dropping an 80th, essentially an 80th percentile guy down 20 percentile points by changing his role to what a lot of people perceive him to be, but he isn't actually, and then also putting him into a much worse offensive situation. Now, I'd argue that Vogel's offense this year will be much better than it has been in the past based on some of the things he's spoken about and talked about learning and sitting in and whatnot. And just with the roster construction, I think it'll be better now than it was in the past. But that's scary to think about how you can take someone who's so well-optimized and very easily see their value decline under a new coach in a new system in, in a new role. Um, now, if, if you just give Vogel average offensive optimization, we bring him back up to the 67th percentile as a movement wing. So that's, I think, probably what the Lakers are going to try to use him as, perhaps mistakenly. Um, but if they have around average offensive optimization, use him as a movement wing, that's uh, right around the 67th percentile. And I want to note something quickly before we move on to another player. We've, you, you've heard us mostly just talking about offensive optimization. That's because while we ran all this exact same data through for the defensive side of the ball, obviously we're able to calculate um, overall defensive grades. Generally speaking, those don't change that much if you change someone's offensive role. Players, for the most part, are who they are defensively. Um, I'm sure there's some stuff that can change with the way the coach is rated in terms of defensive optimization. But for the most part, uh, the defensive side of it is much more static. And that's why we're really focusing on how this changes the player offensively. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, do you have another player while you're up? No. Oh, well, I but do. Tim does. I oh. do too. I, I just Out of left field. Wow. While Tim was talking. And it's actually based on news from today that you guys might not have heard yet. Uh, James Jones. Mr. Sun's GM on the radio apparently said something to the effect of uh, getting DeAndre Aiden minutes with Aaron Baines. So DeAndre Aiden at the four, which big oof. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, oh, boy, indeed. Last year, Aiden versatile big uh, in your Kokoskov scheme. Uh, versatile big, 75th percentile for Aiden. Uh, so 
ideally for him, actually, he would be a rolling cup big. That would put him in the almost 81st percentile. Um, however, I feel like that cannot happen, A, alongside another center, and B, playing the power forward spot specifically. And if he plays – if he can still stay a versatile big, that's fine. But if he does get reduced to a pick-and-pop big, that's down to the 65th percentile, almost a 10% drop for him. So uh, he be may become substantially less effective if he ends up soaking up some time at a different position and yeah. in a different role. And that makes a ton of sense, too, because, I mean, his biggest strength, if anything, is his otherworldly ability to finish around the basket. Yep. So taking that and putting in a role where it's probably a little bit minimized. Now, Baines is a stretch five, as we all know. He's an elite <laughs> stretch five. But, you know, taking someone whose best skill is finishing around the basket and putting them for less or for fewer minutes around the basket is probably not the best idea. Another thing I think is pretty valuable with these is for the minimum level guys or, or some of the less talented overall players, it's, it's pretty clear, and, and I just set up a, a tab where we can look for every single position, here's what the players overall would be. There are several guys who, for you know like 10 of the 11 positions, wouldn't be very good, but they just have this one perfect role that would truly optimize them maybe not they're going to be 80th 90th percentile but a guy like mike muscala or somebody like channing Fry. these are players who found uh ante zizic is a good one here there you go these are players who for pretty much everything even even as bigs talking like 20th percentiles 30th percentiles if you make them a spot up wing and again they're, they're they're not wings they're not guards but if you use them offensively in that type of role they're above average guys. 52nd percentile for Channing Fry, 56th percentile for Mike Muscala, while none of their other possible role usages are anywhere close to that. So that's interesting. Another fun one we can talk about is Carmelo Anthony, who, like those two players I just mentioned, his best two roles would be as a spot-up wing or a tall spot-up wing, which I think we can agree he's been very reluctant to take on or embrace as a role. And what's fun about him is as you move into the positions that are more reliant on like individual scoring ability, whether from the, the, the bigs and you, you look at that as a ladder on the way up to like versatile bigs, or uh, I guess more so with uh, the, the ball handler positions, as you work your way up from secondary creator, primary creator, all the way up at the top to tall creator, his expected uh, value drops and drops and drops all the way to the 21st percentile as a tall creator. So this is somebody who used to be very good as of last season wasn't and is in a position where their own personal tendencies and inclinations are actively at a detriment to their own ability to perform. And his biggest obstacle to overcome would be himself. And it's, it's just, even, even if he were to be a spot up wing based on last season's data, we're looking at a 36th percentile guy. So it makes sense that he's not actively on a team right now. Yes, it does. For a well, apparently the Nets want their Nets players want to sign him. Please we'll go see ahead. See how that goes. They got the Andre Jordan forty mil. They sure as hell can get Carmelo on the team, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Tim, this will be in the data and tools package soon-ish, possibly. Yeah, uh, I don't see any reason why not. Yeah, this will be. And I, I've, while he's been talking, I've thought of a few more uses of this tool. One thing, 
I think would be really useful is for rookies that we always, you know, there's the rookies who are in the high usage roles versus more role player roles. And obviously that gets really hard to compare um, how the two, uh, because they're such different roles. So this could be a really useful tool for uh, kind of evening out that playing field, seeing what if this guy who like Colin Sexton as a rookie put in a role that he's, and everyone knows he isn't ready for, or if you put him in a role he is more ready for, is he, how does he perform in that? Um, I also think it's really interesting for evaluating signings because when you sign a player, the new team's probably going to use someone differently than the old team. So you can immediately see based off the coaching optimization, based off how the role is going to change, how the player is going to perform better or worse in a, a specific system. And I think that's a really useful tool to begin to start seeing how different skill sets mess together um, and sort of taking it another level beyond just a single number metric for how good a guy is. We can now start saying how good is a guy in this situation doing this specific role. And that I think is the next step in evaluating players and signings going forward. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's all about fit. There are a lot of different components of it and we're now able to measure those just a little bit better. And also now that we have these, we're able to go back through our optimization ratings and really refine those with a better sense of truly how effective these players are and and what these new overall ratings would be. So I'm very excited for everything that we can do with this. I'm scrolling through. We we can talk about these guys forever, all kinds of different neat tidbits. So I'd I'd highly recommend people check this out. Um, One last guy I did want to mention was Buddy Heald who was in the 90th percentile offensively. He was a glue guy last year, which surprised me. Not, not what I would have guessed for him. He, somebody with his skill set, where I'd be like, oh, use him as a movement wing. One of, one of the top guys with, with the off-ball movement efficiency, and he's pretty diverse with it. If you move him from glue guy to movement wing, he's a 95th percentile offensive player, which wow. is huge. That's, that's big. That's a big jump, and that puts him in pretty elite company. So if they can figure that out, and I don't think it's incredibly difficult to figure that part out, there's a lot of potential there for him to really break out. And he was already very good last season, but with a more refined role that matches his skill set, watch out. Wow, that's a cool one. Uh, I'm enjoying seeing Lance Stevenson in the 70th percentile as something on here. And as, a, as a tall creator of all things, this is fun. Uh, <laughs> get anything else today, guys? I believe that was our our mo for the day yeah i think that's it so uh, be on the lookout on twitter for us uh officially adding this to the data and tools package i'm sure we'll tweet it out plenty and tweet out a few more examples along with it um and and once it it does come out be sure to dive in there and really play around with it because i blast i'm very excited for this tool obviously it's still not perfect we're not perfectly evaluating basketball players just based off data quite yet um but I think this does help to push more in the right direction from taking a single number and really breaking that into components and really letting you just fiddle with them a little bit and seeing what happens. And that is incredibly valuable for evaluating new players on a team, players in different roles, rookies in the wrong role because they're on crappy teams and someone needs to shoot the ball. So I think it's a really useful tool for uh, just adding an extra layer of depth to beta, to to metric analysis. Ooh, ooh, guys, I got a good one. Andrew Wiggins, among the eight 
different wing and guard has been a tall creator, which of those eight roles is his worst projected overall rating of any of them? Of course. Nice. Oh, poor Andrew Wiggins. He's just got to try harder, obviously. We he all, promised. He promised. Um, if you give him more possession, he will figure it out. <laughs> That's a hilarious thing. All right, well, Tim, what do you got? You got anything else, or are we, are we good for the day? No, I just I want to get this over with so I can just scroll through this spreadsheet for <laughs> four hours. <laughs> I will join you in that, except I have to go to sleep uh, eventually because East Coast. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in this week. Uh, of course, we'll be back next week. Real games coming up very soon. Preseason starts in two weeks, so we'll actually have stuff to talk about that is a game happening right in front of our eyes. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. See ya.